Welcome to the Management Minute with Dr. Donita Brown, where we sit down with business leaders to gain valuable insights and advice on how to navigate the world of management. Whether you're a seasoned manager or just starting out, this podcast is for you. I'm Donita Brown, a professor in the College of Business at Lipscomb University. I'm also an author, speaker, and habit coach. For almost 20 years, I worked in corporate America. I managed teams of two to 102. Welcome to this week's episode. Today's guest is Mark Whitaker. Mark, I am truly delighted that you are our guest this week. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. So you want to get started with your one sentence bio? Yes, um, I'm Vice President of Culture and Care at Coca-Cola Consolidated, a publicly traded organization, a faith-based, purpose-driven publicly traded company, and I've been in the faith at work uh, movement for the past two decades. That's great. That is great. Well, you ready for question number one? Yes. How do your values impact your management philosophy? My values, which I look at is humility is, is important to me. And, and I, and I look at my values have changed as I entered, you know, for I'm in my sixties now, but they've changed a lot since I would say, since I was 40 years of age and became a Christian at, at 40 years, Mm -hmm. years of age. So I look at my values have changed a lot uh, since I was my thirties versus 40 and on the past 25 years in humility and integrity, morality, honesty. And, and I just find, I find those so important for, for servant leadership. And, and, and I, I, I can say that being a servant leader the past 25 years has been life changing and, and has been very rewarding. And I've seen both sides of the equation, selfish leadership and servant mm-hmm. leadership. And I tell you, servant leadership to me is living a life of significance versus the way the world would define success. You know, it's interesting. You said servant leadership and selfish leadership. Most people think of leadership or getting ahead as doing what makes me look good. But talk a little bit about what your version of servant leadership is. Yeah. And I've learned that so much over the last 35 years that by serving others and doing it like like Jesus, being like Jesus is, has taught us and, 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 and listening to people better and 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 by listening to people better, really even kind of a level three listening, that really creates empathy where you really care for that person. And that, to me, that's where leadership really starts. When you have empathy for your peers that are around you and your subordinates and your supervisors and you really care for them, to me, that's when when leadership really starts and you really start having having influence in a very positive way. How do you show people that you care? By really getting to know that person and know their family and, and know their skill sets, but also knowing their their challenges and by pouring into that person and mentoring that person and help that person to become the person that God designed them to be. And I'm closer to the end of my life than I am the beginning of my life. And I like nothing more and to see someone become that person that God designed them to be and for, and for them to become that leader. Sure. That God designed them to be, and I think that is by listening and and having empathy for that person. Then you become an advocate for that person, and you help them develop. I love it. I love it. Are you ready for question number two? Yes. Who or what has had the most impact on your management style? Well, for sure, my faith has had the most influence. Uh, starting at age forty, the last twenty six years. And I would say that God used, in terms of people, I would say God used Chuck Colson, who led me to Christ almost 26 years ago. 
used him and also used Frank Harrison, the, mm. the chairman and CEO of Coca-Cola Consolidated, to really pour into me and just to show that how that we really are stewards for these organizations that we lead. And it's the really are God's companies and really how to lead and, and really how to have business as a, as a mission. And really, our company is really a ministry that just happens to be in the beverage business. You know, I think that's a good point that really it's all God's work. Yes. He's given us everything that we have and we need to be good stewards and grow what he has given us. So you said you became a Christian at the age of 40. Was there an event that happened when you were 40 that yeah, 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 there was. I was divisional president and corporate vice president of one of the largest companies in the world, number 56 on the Fortune 500, a company known as ADM, Archer Daniels Midland. And I was 32 years old in that position. We had a 75-year-old CEO, 69-year-old president. I was 32, and I was ranked number four out of 30,000 employees. I was being groomed to be the next COO of the company to replace the 69-year-old president, and I was divisional president being groomed to replace him. And through that, which was definitely an example of selfish leadership, and the mentorship that I was getting was also selfish leadership. And through that journey, and through that journey of brokenness is, is really where I've where I where I met Chuck Colson and met individuals like Frank Harrison that just became life changing for me and 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 really getting to know God and and be, and becoming a, a follower of Jesus and and doing it more God's way instead of my way and 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 how rewarding that is to serve others. So I've I've seen that in the last twenty six years. When you were at ADM, you had a life changing event. That there's a, a movie. I did. My wife became a Christian ten years before me at age thirty. She saw some things we were doing at EDM, the largest price-fixing case in U.S. history, and it was going on 12 years before I joined the company. But because of the age of the 75-year-old CEO and the 69-year-old president, they started mentoring me and teaching me and training me to take over this international cartel that was earning hundreds of millions of dollars illegally. And I shared it with my wife. She turned me into the FBI that day. Wow. And it became the largest price-fixing case in, in U.S. history. And through that brokenness, I became uh, became a, a Christian through so that you, journey. So your wife becomes Christian 10 years before you do. Yes. You were being groomed to, to become the CEO of the Fortune 56 company. Yes. Big $70 deal. $70 billion dollar company, 30,000 employees. Have all the money that you've ever desired. Yes. I had a mansion, bought the CEO's yeah. home, had my own corporate jet for eight years. Yeah. Really a life. Uh, I was kind of Justin Bieber before Justin Bieber. <laughs> and I saw how empty that life was in that journey. And that's generational wealth changing. Like that. that is your grandkids wouldn't have to worry about money. Yes. And so you come home and you tell your wife what's going on at work. And she turned you into the that FBI. Day, that, that day. That day. It was going on for 12 years. I was involved about seven months at that point where they were being mentored mentoring me and training me to take over this cartel about seven months into it. I shared with her. She forced me to turn myself into the FBI that day. And there was some brokenness. I wore a wire 10 hours a day for three years for the FBI, testified against about 30 individuals in the largest price-fixing case in history. That was a billion-dollar crime a year for 12 years in a row. And uh, through that uh, journey, Chuck Colson read about me in the newspaper and reached out to me and poured into me. And I became a Christian at, uh, at age 40. Wow. And life changing. And what I would tell my younger self today is, is go for a life of significance where you, mm. where you make the world a better place when you leave it than when you came in. But I didn't understand that at, at age 32, but I sure understand it in the last 26 years. That's amazing. Thank you. 
Before we get to the next question, let's pause for a quick message about Lipscomb University's College of Business. Are you looking to sharpen your management skills and take your career to the next level? If so, look no further than the MBA program at Lipscomb University. Our part-time program is designed to provide you with the knowledge and the tools you need to excel in today's fast-paced business environment. Lipscomb offers both in-person and online formats that make it a perfect fit for full-time working professionals. Apply now and elevate your management skills. Learn more and apply at lipscomb.edu forward slash business. All right, ready for question number three? Yes. What book has made the biggest impact on you? Well, I'd say the book is that had the biggest impact on me it would be the Bible. Mm. When I became a Christian 26 years ago, I mean, it was life-changing for me. And Chuck Colson shared with me some of the the most famous, well-known scientists in the world were Christians, because I never heard that at the university. I was told there's no PhD scientist that's a Christian. So he kind of went from that approach, showing me that there's some of the best scientists in the world that believe in God, because I never heard that. So the Bible had a big, the biggest impact and probably the most recent book, the last few years had the biggest impact on me. I'm an avid reader, read a, a book about on average about one a month. The Life in the Presence of God, published in 2017 by Ken Boa, about whatever you do, do it with your whole heart, with all your passion, like you're living, working for the Lord and not for man. And, and that includes our work. So mm-hmm. that book had a, had a huge impact on me too, more recently. That's great. Thank you. Thank you for that recommendation. All right. Are you ready for my favorite part of the podcast? Yes. All right. So you're going to get 60 seconds of rapid fire questions. Your job is to answer as many of these questions as you possibly can. So don't overthink them. You get one pass. All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. What was your favorite subject in school? Uh, chemistry. What's a pet peeve of yours? I, I count the number of steps that I do in between uh, in between doors and get going from uh, my bedroom to the uh, to the car. What's an app you use every day? Uh, that would be a version Bible. What's a place on your bucket list that you'd like to travel to? Uh, that would be, um, we've been to Israel and walked where Jesus walked, mm. and that was really one of our bucket list items. And uh, I would say uh, uh, maybe Glacier Park. Okay. Who's a person you admire? Admire, admire tremendously uh, Frank Harrison, the chairman and CEO of Coca-Cola Consolidated, and learned so much from him. What's an animal you'd like to see in the wild? Love seeing grizzly bears in what's, Yellowstone. What's a talent you wish you had? Wish I could sing. That's a good one to end on. Do you want to sing for us? No, I can't. I said I wish I could. <laughs> you wish you could, yeah. Well, I mean, I like to hear people that can't sing either, too. <laughs> All right. Your job now is to give parting advice to managers. What's the best advice you can give to a manager? The advice that I would give to a manager, and I wish I would have known this even in my 30s, is is to really lead. And to lead and have influence to me is, is some of the things that we even talked earlier in this podcast. An acronym that I like to share with other leaders is LEADS. L in LEADS is to listen. To listen well. I'm talking level three listening where you're really listening without distractions. And Ian leads empathy. By listening, you're going to have empathy for that person and really care for that person around you. Could be an employee, could be a vendor, could be a customer, but to really listen. 
and then to, to be an advocate, A, in, in leads is to be an advocate, to be the biggest cheerleader for that employee around you, be it a subordinate, a peer, or a supervisor, but to be their cheerleader. And, and to D, in leads is to develop, to help your subordinates develop even more than you spend time on yourself, develop, help them develop become the leader that God designed them to be. And then S in leads is self-reflection and prayer to pray. And I try to do this on, on Saturdays to pray what what I, I wish I would have done differently mm. in the week and do it differently on Monday. And to me, a good leader listens as empathy, as advocate, be an advocate for the, for the people around them, including customers and vendors. Mm-hmm. And then D, help your subordinates develop and then self-reflection and prayer and just continue to improve and refine. That's what I would tell a, a leader. That is great. Listen, empathy, advocate, develop, and self-reflection. Yes. That that's leading. To me, yeah. that's a servant leader that that's God great. designed you to be is, is leading, leading in that way. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Mark, Dr. Mark Whitaker, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Management Minute. We hope you enjoyed this week's interview. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. If you have suggestions for future guests, please send me their contact information to donita.brown at lipscomb.edu. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you. This podcast is powered by the College of Business Content Creation Studio at Lipscomb University.